0: Hello, hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to the second edition of the Hoops Temple Podcast. I am Richard Blue, and with me on the line is Nathan Schwartz. Nathan, how you doing? Hey, Richard, doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. You know, the weather in New York here is was a little cloudy today, but the Knicks and Christopps, they look okay. So, you know, I I'm in, I'm in good spirits right now.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I I replayed that uh, that Kristaps block on Carmelo to start the game off, at least three or four times. Just you know, we're cheering for Carmelo. We like him, but but it was it was a nice sign, a change in the guard.
0: Definitely, and I think that the Knicks needed to move on for sure, and I think Carmelo needed to actually care about a championship, which he finally showed by waving his no-trade clause. So, I'm very proud of him, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of the Knicks for showing, finally, some maturity. I think we thought we were the most immature team in the league, and it looks like we're maybe actually growing. Oh, my goodness. My bones are just, like, uh, tingling.
1: Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. That's the Still got a long way to go. The entire league has a long way to go to, to get into championship contention and with the Warriors, but... No, the the Knicks look like they're on the up.
0: Definitely. So let's well, start off this uh, this week's podcast with let's talk about the biggest news. Um, Gordon Hayward. Uh, he went. So he, yes, Mister Hayward. We made a we made a huge
1: mistake, listeners of the pod. We recorded this without watching the games uh, on Tuesday. We wanted to get it up sight unseen, I had the Cavs-Celtics game in recording on the DVR so I could jump in as soon as we finished the pod and watch without commercials. Um, if we hadn't, we would have been able to be live podcasting during the Hayward injury that basically has derailed the Celtics' season.
0: It's pretty severe, and I can't believe... That this has happened, even though I, you know, I should be expecting this. You know, you you make a big trade. You know, Ange made so many moves, and then this happens. You know, this is exactly why he holds on to his chip so long.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really goes to show in this league, nothing is guaranteed. Anything could back. Except all of their guaranteed. contracts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all their contracts are <laughs> fair. And this, <laughs> this is where the that bites you but I, you still wouldn't drop Gordon
0: no I would, if you I get would. Out of that contract Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there it just I that was just
1: no no it's um I don't know it, it completely changed the Celtics season uh they've now released a timetable for when they expect him back uh there's been speculation that maybe he could squeak back in in uh end of the regular season for or for the playoffs there's also been some speculation that you just keep him out till next year um, I'm in favor of keeping him out until next year and trying to run it back once once everyone's healthy, as opposed to trying to push it. But um, they're not. They don't I actually know, what, what have a legit
0: thoughts? shot. Look, if Durant or Curry gets hurt, or actually if both of them get hurt, or and or LeBron gets hurt, then I'm all for it. Like, like, and I hate to bring in another league in this situation, but you know, Rogers just got hurt last week. And they were saying he could potentially throw in six weeks and maybe come back, but you you have to pull into question, is it worth coming back? And for the Celtics as the league is currently constructed, and with everybody who's exactly healthy right now, I would say, no, there's no rush in rushing like there's no point in rushing him back. Right mm-hmm. now, like they're they're going to compete. You know, Irving. This will give Irving some time to get to know his other teammates. Maybe this will get Jason Tatum some time to get really confident. You know, they they've got all they've got some really good young pieces, and I think the silver lining in this injury is that these younger pieces, like the Jalen Browns, will be able to you know get some more exposure to the league and pressure and game experience, basically.
1: Exactly. You know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Um. Even Terry Rozier's looked nice coming off the bench, and for a bit. Um, smart or not, he's back in the lineups looking good. But I I think, I think developing those guys is getting them another couple, you know, extra couple minutes each, a couple extra shots each, uh, and, and giving Kyrie Irving now he is clearly the number one. Yep. You know, before there was a little debate. You know, I, I think most people would say Irving was better than Hayward. There was still a little, you know, was it gonna be Hayward's team, is it gonna be Kyrie's team? Now we know it is Kyrie's team. What can he do? You know, we're we're all gonna be watching.
0: Definitely. And I I wanna point out that Kyrie Irving has been doing pretty well. All right? Yeah. You know I mean his assist numbers are at he's averaging five point seven right now. But I was I forget which game I was watching. He had like eleven assists. Uh, yeah, I
1: think that was the the first game.
0: No, no, he had back to back games with ten assists. Uh, and the Wednesday, on the eleventh, with a win against Charlotte, he uh, he had sixteen and ten. Oh, oh, wow. That was. Uh, you're going back into the, the preseason. There was that. Oh no, you're right. That's yeah, you're right. Never mind. That is the preseason. And the stats yeah. I'm looking at don't mark off season three. You're right. He had 10 assists in the first twenty two and ten that loss against Cleveland. Yeah. Oh boy. Which
1: if, <laughs> You know, I mean his scoring's scoring's down from where we want it to be. But he's he's in an actual offense. It's not just just a uh it's not just a two man show where where him or LeBron tries to create. So let's give him some time. You know, we can check back in, in a couple of a month. I still think they're going to end in a top-five seed in the East. Uh, now I've got them at five, as opposed to finishing with the first, first mm-hmm. record. Um, but, you know, five seed, first-round exit. Celtics fans, crazy He over the fact that uh, that they trade away Isaiah, and then they got instead of making it to the Eastern Finals. But I still think they're a better team than they were last year. Um, record notwithstanding, and... Uh, you still make all the same moves if you're Danny
0: true um, so yeah that was uh, the Hayward injuries actually was the biggest news of the, for the league that first week really you know but yeah yeah now there were a lot of other small injuries small ones but nothing as significant as like what a lot of people including myself were looking forward to and seeing how Irving and Hayward finally back with his old coach from college Brad Stevens would gel.
1: Hmm.
0: But mm-hmm. that as, was that was that that was the big
1: one, and um, I do I do really want to see someone do a piece, and I know I should probably just write that piece myself. But looking at all of the small injuries, you know, Chris Paul out two to four weeks, um, Miles Turner out for a little bit at a time, and just guys with little knick knack injuries. Kawhi Leonard not being ready to start the season. And they started really early. I, I wonder if there's any sort of correlation to a shortened preseason, a shortened training camp, starting the regular season early, if uh, if that might have, have contributed to any of these injuries or if I'm just not
0: remembering the first
1: week of seasons past.
0: Yeah, I also, for the record, I don't remember the NBA season ever starting this early.
1: No, it, it, it never has. It's, it's starting in a full two weeks earlier than it – it did last year.
0: Yeah. Are they trying they're to like full get, two weeks, Are they trying to start their summers sooner?
1: Like No, no, they're just trying to space out the games a little bit more. Gotcha. They're, uh, they're, they're trying, trying to the trying to eliminate more of the back to backs. Which for doing that, the Warriors have already had a back to back. A couple other teams have already had a back to back. They're trying to get those out of the way early too, so that's why we're getting a lot of games up in the
0: front. Okay. Um Yeah. yeah. But as that was the big news to Hayward Injury for the first week, as we've moved into the second week, um, the dysfunction that is the Western version of the New York Knicks, the Phoenix Suns, and their owner, Robert Sarver, have reached an impasse with uh, Mr. Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, you know, it
1: just... When you lose back to when you lose your first three games, two of them by over forty points, you know something's wrong, and they made the move to fire their coach, which you know I don't think anyone in NBA circles is crying and saying Earl Watson's great. Earl Watson would be, you know, Steve Kerr if he had that roster. Um, you know, he's he's not the greatest coach. It it probably is an okay firing, but. You don't lose by 40 points because you have a bad coach. You lose by 40 points because your GM has assembled a bad team. You know. No, I, they're they're basically pulling a pulling the 76ers. They're just trying to be terrible.
0: Well, I don't I don't know if they were trying to be, but they have definitely succeeded.
1: That makes it almost worse. I mean, if you're trying to be terrible, like Philadelphia was like, hey, we're gonna be bad. Trust the process. Let us get great players. And Phoenix is is like, we're gonna be good guys. Don't worry. We'll get a couple all stars out of these guys. And I've watched, I've watched three Phoenix games, or at least parts of three Phoenix games. My
0: condolences.
1: You know, I really like, like uh Booker. I hope he's good. you know, hope he can carry a team eventually. Hope he. He can be an all-star. Um, if he was in the East, he might be an all-star this year, just with how depleted the East is. But you know, there are other guys: Dragon, Marquise, Chris, Tyler, Ennis. They they show flashes. They've got potential. Um, but but they're sure not a not a hit yet. And Justin Jack or Josh Jackson. Maybe he becomes something, but it's just way too
0: too hard to tell right now well yeah I think Phoenix is a few years off and a new owner away from competing actually but uh, absolutely they they I hope it's but you know what I was thinking the other day I was like well if we combined the Suns and the Knicks you might have like a five seat on your hands you know oh, Yeah. I mean you got Bledsoe Booker <laughs> and Kristaps Sporzingas. I I get really excited just and Josh Jackson. Oh my goodness, that's like that would be just a lot of fun to watch, you know. Hopefully, with the way the league is going, they'll have to consolidate some of the teams. There's not enough talent to go around, you know. <laughs> oh, there's
1: no, there's plenty of talent to go around. It's just all in the the Western Conference right now, <laughs> you know. Definitely. Uh, I, I saw the same question posed instead of the Knicks, it was uh, the Pelicans and the Suns. If you combine them. How good would they be? And you know, with what Cousins and Davis are doing, basically single-handedly right now, you throw that with with uh, Booker and Bledsoe, and you know, have Marquise Chris out there and Josh Jackson at the three. One of those guys at the, at the three. That's a fun team. That team could compete. As is, they, they're they're both garbage. I both lottery bound.
0: It's really incredible that you've got... I don't even think David Robinson averaged these numbers with Tim Duncan. You know, I mean, we're only looking at three-game, like, sample here, but, like, Davis is averaging 32 and... (laughs) Davis is averaging 32 and 17. (laughs) And Marcus Cousins is averaging 28 and 12. And DeMarcus Cousins is averaging five assists and three blocks.
1: Yeah. That said... Uh, if anybody has forgotten what Davis started the season off last year, let me just pull up his his first couple of games because I had the unfortunate uh, uh, unfortunateness of having to go up against him in fantasy. Yeah. He, okay. Here we go. Davis's first two games of the 2016 season. Uh, game one, he had 50 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, five steals, and four blocks. That's insane. That is. That game is- two. Yeah, Game 2, 45 points, 17 rebounds, uh, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. You know, those, those are some of the greatest start of the season games probably in NBA history.
0: Can they just get him some freaking real help? Like, please, please, New Orleans, either trade him to a team where we could see this guy in the playoffs. I would love to see this guy on the biggest stage in the Finals. It would be fantastic, Boy, you think, man. You don't think Jameer Nelson's going to be enough help? If this was 2009, yeah, I would say yes. Because yeah. Jameer Nelson got Dwight Howard to the NBA Finals. Or Dwight Howard got Jameer Nelson to the NBA Finals. But, yeah. I don't
1: well, know. unfortunately, and getting back to Phoenix, yes. we, kinda, we went off the rails there for a minute. Um, unfortunately, the Pelicans don't have anything to offer Phoenix. Uh uh, for for blood, so cousins' uh, expiring contract. You know that actually, that might not be the worst worst idea if if cousins is just like I'm out, I'm not coming back. You got to get something. Um, I I feel like you got to wait longer before you trade cousins. Oh yeah, well, I feel like we're to gonna trade?
0: have a podcast with that around January, like just about Jamarcus Cousins, yeah. and where he's gonna go because he's definitely not yeah. staying in New Orleans. They'll probably be like 11 and 20 at that point.
1: Yeah. But um, so so Bledsoe's getting moved before that point. Definitely. I feel like Bledsoe's getting moved in the next week. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised as we were prepping for this podcast and texting in around three or four. I was like, man, I hope Bledsoe is not traded while we're doing the pod or immediately after we're doing the pod. Um, so I am kind of, I'm, I'm refreshing in ESPN right now just just to keep an eye on it, it just because after that Hayward injury, you know. Yeah, what, that what was really
0: like, oh, man, I can't believe we did that and then like right away, like, oh, that hurt. Um, oh, yeah, we were,
1: we were verbally high-fiving each other, saying what a great pod, and then you're like, hey, Nate, Celtic season's over. Just,
0: just heartbreaking. Definitely. Um, so, Bledsoe's gonna get moved. Uh, where? Getting moved. Where do you see him going?
1: I mean, there's a lot of talk, look like, around the Bucks, around on the Nuggets, the Knicks, the Cavs. Those, those seem to be the main four. Uh, the Clippers have said. Or DeAndre Jordan has volunteered the Clippers to try to make a move. Um, but Phoenix wants to bring back young players. Right. And Cavs don't have young players. Yes, that's correct. New Orleans doesn't have young players. Denver doesn't want to give up their young players except for maybe Moutier. Um Moutier sounds like he's, he's possible trade. Um, Talk about a kid that could
0: use a fresh start.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Moutier move, and I I will for always take credit for saying the Lakers should have drafted Kristaps Porzingis with the number two pick that year instead of D'Angelo Russell. But it will also take uh, a lot of blame for saying, in that if we don't take Porzingis, we should take Moutier, because that was I had Towns, Porzingis, Moutier, and you couldn't have been more
0: mistaken. uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So I got one right, and I got one really wrong. Look at there. So,
0: That's not bad. That's 50%. Um, you know, in baseball, yeah. you'd be a Hall of Famer. So
1: If I was in Phoenix, I'd be a better GM if I could get 50% of my draft picks right.
0: Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Touche with that. Um,
1: uh, I, I mean, I really do think the, it does kind of boil down to, to the Knicks or the Nuggets. And I think if the Knicks were to were to concede giving up some of their guys, they they could probably make make a nice package. There's
0: there's got to be a bit of irony in that statement, though, Nathan. I mean, it's coming down to the Knicks or Nuggets. I mean, these are the two teams that, that that maybe it's not irony, but just it's a little funny because these are the two teams that swapped and ruined each other's franchises with the Carmelo Anthony trade back in 2011, and now they're involved again and to be honest with you the Knicks don't have the best history with phoenix when it comes to trades we traded for antonio mcdice we traded for Stefan Marbury. <laughs> sorry i can't even it's very really hard for me to to recount these these memories that i have worked through so much therapy so, to repress it's
1: okay it's okay it's okay richard i believe in you i believe you you can
0: you can do it Oh, oh, my gosh. Antonio Oh, uh, okay. The Antonio McDice trade. Oh, man. But anyway, just, you know, Phoenix has, has a habit of loading us off with, you know, with, you know, their their waste. You know, it's like we've become like, a, you know, we were, at least in the 2000s, kind of like a, a garbage dump. You know, so that was good GM. They had good GMing then. I'll tell you that. I don't know what happened hey. between now and then, but. They, they were good at some point because we were taking all their crap. You know, we were waste management. I
1: mean, I mean you're going to have to forgive me that, for this, but Phoenix had their moment in the sun in the early 2000s. Ugh. And You know, they were, yeah, I know. I know, as soon as it popped into my head, I was like, man, this is a terrible pun, but I got to make it. They had their moment in the sun with the, the Steve Nash teams. They were everyone's favorite team. You know, you liked your team. But if you just were going to turn on a random game to watch, you wanted to watch Phoenix.
0: They were fun. They were exciting. Um, uh, definitely. The seven seconds or less offense was by far one of the most enthralling things about, enthralling things about the mid 2000s NBA. You know, when Nash won those back to back MVPs that he shouldn't have won. But that's, again, a, a subject for another time. Um, so mm-hmm. you brought up, you said, it, you, you believe that it's going to come down to the Knicks or the Nuggets. And. I, yeah. just wanna, I just want to. I just want to shoot something in there and see. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Could Oklahoma City potentially make another move out of nowhere and grab Eric Bledsoe?
1: Ooh, I don't know if if they could. It would be. It, it'd be really hard to do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they'd give up because they're they are thin now.
0: It literally seems like Sam Presti takes lemons and makes Cristal. So, uh, you know, I I, I could I can believe he could pull off anything at this point.
1: I mean, you know, and by that same matter of speaking, Daryl Morey's always had a, a history of trying to pull things out of the hat. You know, with with Chris Paul being injured, or maybe you uh, maybe try to make it, make a move here, or if you can get him cheap, or if you can somehow trick Phoenix. And I mean Phoenix has to have one of the worst GMing situations. If you can trick Phoenix into taking in Ryan Anderson's contract, you're you're golden. And I you know, there's no reason to think the Hawk GMs can't not not like the Atlanta Hawks, but the smart, the vigilant GMs. Him's the Sam Presty. He's the Daryl Morey's of the world.
0: Can't try to try to swoop in and take advantage of a bad situation. Definitely. Um so, yeah, let's move into the first week of action. You know, we've had one solid week of the NBA. Um, <laughs> let's go over the current standings, which are, you know, interesting because it's so early. You know, I mean... It's
1: always fun to look at these because, yeah, uh, you're, you're right. You look at them and, like, wow,
0: Golden State would be an eighth seed at the playoff start today. Yeah, man. I mean, they would still win. <laughs> um, I would take them. Uh, if I had to bet on a team that could win 16 postseason games, I'd bet on the the Warriors for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, no matter when, but they're they early struggles. Do do they have you concerned at all, or are you just no, just laughing no? At I didn't see anything?
0: it. Look, I'm laughing because they're just like, all right, let's. They're trying to get back into the weekend things, but they're mainly focusing on trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, you know. I'm fine with that. I haven't seen any injuries or anything like that. Um and that's really the only thing that would have maybe given me any like pause per se, you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But uh,
1: I mean, I'm right there with you. I wanted to I wanted to jump on the swaggy for MVP train, you know, after game 1, you know, get swaggy P and MVP. It's just it it felt like something that we should have you know, pulling for. Or but then uh games 2 and 3, he kind of tilted back down from his 20 points and like 6 for 7 three points <laughs> well shooters. he also
0: was completely absent in that second half <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. he had like three points so, in the second half like he I watched that first so. game and first of all that first game was incredible um, good for the Rockets to steal one I really that was I was really happy and it looks like the two point guard system might not be terrible in Houston um, always having a facilitator on the floor, you know, two point guards can, you know, um, now that I'm really thinking about it, why is that ever a hmm. bad thing where you always have, like, a coach on the floor who can make sure everyone's in the right spot? It makes for a more you know, efficient it, team. It does. You you always give up a little something on defense if you've got two
1: short guards. But, you know, with with Harden's height, it being an actual two-guard size, and Chris Paul actually being a good defender you know now Chris Paul hasn't played games 2 and 3 he's out for 2 to 4 weeks um but but it's got potential there really that uh their long lineup where they're able to put PJ Tucker at the 5 with a out there Eric Gordon and uh, James Harden who's the fifth guy in that lineup I'm trying to I'm trying to remember that now oh, but it, it, oh and Mute hey and, uh, UCLA you know, grad. Guys that can all play, well, not Harden or Gordon, really, but three guys that can play defense uh, out there with two prolific
0: scorers that can both pass. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's dangerous. Definitely. Um, by the way, I just want to, in defense of your Swaggy P, he is the fourth leading scorer on, on the Warriors as of four games into the season. He's averaging 9.8 or just about ten. Points, and that's only an averaging 15.5 minutes per game. So, uh, his PR... Step aside, Clay. Step aside, Draymond. Here comes the Swaggy, Curry, and Kevin Durant show. Hey, his PR is higher than Klay Thompson's right now, by .9. So, and he's Boom. only .3 behind Durant in PER. So, you know, what's bringing down just... Durant's PR is that he's averaging five turnovers a game right now. But uh, I'm sure that number will come down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: honestly, a- after the season they just had, it'd be hard to get excited for this year. Like, you, you got to take the regular season as a bit of a joke at this point. You're just trying trying to get back to the playoffs, just muddle your way through the season, and then uh, try to go for that 16-0. and 0.
0: Right. I mean... I've always, like, I'm mainly, like, watching the regular season to look at the young players and watch them develop. But in the grand scheme uh, of things, to me personally, I don't believe that any of these 82 games actually matter. Um, you know,
1: for any and I'm, I'm the exact opposite. And if people could see our text conversation, then they'd probably have a good laugh at us because I'm watching games like the Pistons-Hornets or the Pistons and 76ers and thinking... This could be the eighth seed right here. This, you know, one of these teams, whoever wins this, could have the tiebreaker, and we had some, we had some games that, for seeding purposes, and really for avoiding the Cavs and Warriors purposes, could have, could have some implications. Um, so I'm, I'm getting really into these games, but you're probably exactly right with the thought process
0: that most of these games don't matter. No, they don't. And the thing is, like, how do we, you know. There's nothing, there's nothing that anyone can actually do. Like you're 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 talking about, you know. Oh my goodness, one of these teams could be the seed. And my thought process is, oh, well, one of these teams is gonna have the privilege of being swept in the first round, you know. And one of these teams is gonna have a, miss out on a, lo- a potential lottery pick, you know. I guess someone always has to be the seed, you know. In a in a race, you know, they're always like there's an end, and wherever you place is where you place. It's unavoidable. But like, I don't know. You're just
1: so, it's gonna be it's as, gonna be probably fans.
0: Cavs Warriors again for the fourth time in a row. LeBron's gonna make what eight straight, nine straight finals? I don't know what what number it's at at this point. I think it's eight. But but you as a fan of the Knicks, don't you want to see your teammates the playoff? Uh, I mean- no. I would actually like to see us completely bottom out and not do well at all. Uh, because I would like to see us get a lottery pick. I want Kristaps to play, but you know, if I'm a fan of one of these teams that are don't have a ch- shot out of championship, I mean if I'm in like the if I'm in like third tier, let's say the Wizards or, you know, the Rockets, the Timberwolves or the Spurs, you know, I'm like, okay, we're like we're like maybe like an injury away from actually really being able to compete and maybe yeah. pull a surprise and win a championship. But yeah. If you're outside of those couple of te- those few teams, you know, unless the unthinkable happens, you know, most of these teams can't compete. I would love to just see like, let's just split the league up. Let's have the the NBA and the ABA again, and have like the NBA be like the Cavs and like all oh, the seven teams that actually may have a shot at the title, and then have the rest of the league compete for a different title. Because then, you have a completely different set of, you know like teams and you get to see other players like excel and I don't know I, I just would like to like for me like I would love to see like uh I don't know like a young team like uh the Pelicans let's say you know make it like I would love to see Anthony Davis the Pelicans, and the Pelicans aren't a young team ah, yeah, they're Anthony young-ish Davis. I don't know I'm looking at the Western Conference teams I'm like who is really young and doesn't have a shot at a title that you know would have the lakers, a shot if i guess the lakers would be know, fairly competitive if we had like a like a like a d league within the league like literally like certain teams just did not compete uh yeah. for the actual championship cuz like you know yeah if it, you just eliminated all playoff teams from last year the lakers would be fairly decent definitely i mean look in england they would they have like what they have the different tiers of leagues for the soccer teams right Mm-hmm. You know they have like Premier League and then they have like you know mm-hmm. all the other ones. I can't name them off the top of my head. But like, and if you do should... good in a bad league, you move up. If you do bad in a good exactly. league, you move down. So maybe they should do that for the NBA and just have like champ, like you know the Premier League. You have like eight teams, whatever, and then you have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I-, I think that would be really really cool. But then again, in soccer they don't have a really like have a draft or anything like that. It's a completely different structure.
1: Yeah, um, it'd be hard to, hard to put in effect, but, I don't know, I as much as I do still watch these games and think that they matter for playoffs, because um, I think they do matter to a lot of fan bases, I think you're right, the, the young teams, the young players, those are exciting to watch, and in our last pod, I mentioned that I thought uh, Orlando could be fun, and I mentioned a five-man lineup from Orlando that they could throw out there that unfortunately did not include uh, Nikola Vucevic. And Vucevic has been hitting threes like he's Steph Curry this season. Have you paid any attention to him so far yet?
0: I do not. My according to my religious beliefs, I'm not allowed to believe in the Orlando Magic, so uh, no, I do not acknowledge their presence. Um, But But, I'm looking at the rank. I'm looking at the standings right now, and they're currently two and one. So you said they'd be fun, and it seems like they're having fun and winning 66% of the time. They're
1: having fun. You know, if Vucevic is hitting threes, which Vucevic right now, uh, just, you know what, how many threes do you think he has shot this season? I'm just, just gonna ask. As a big man center, you think he's shooting a lot of threes? I mean, it seems like every center is shooting a lot of threes these uh... uh Fair enough. He's but... shot 14 threes in three games, and he is seven for 14. Guys, is just under or five I... threes,
0: three point attempts a game.
1: And he's hitting fifty percent. Yeah, his PER
0: is at thirty six point seven. The guy's averaging tw- just about twenty eight points a game. You're right. This is it's unreal. Like he is really if crushing it. He's, he's shooting sixty eight percent from the field and fifty from three. I'll, I'll be at fourteen attempts, in- but like he's shooting sixty eight percent from the field overall. That's quite impressive. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be able to sustain this. Or maybe he will. It's Orlando, you know? You know, they'll lose every yeah. game, but he'll shoot 60% from the field.
1: <laughs> you know, th- they needed someone to learn how to shoot on that team with, with Peyton and Aaron Gordon. Oh, my and God. They, They're Alfred not able Payton. to hit much, so. Oh. You know, this is great. If Vucevic can hit and those two guys can run and pick and roll and try to attack the lane, who knows? We could be looking at the eighth seed, which, as you said, first-round sweep, but I don't know. Look, I'm excited for Orlando a- fans. that
0: would be... You know, if I'm an Orlando, yeah, you're right. You you have a point, and I think that See? Orlando fans would See? be excited because they would be like, "Oh my God, we made the playoffs!" And I mean, we made it in like the worst. This is the worst the Eastern Conference has been maybe ever. Uh, as far as competitiveness, yeah. like we could have maybe three seeds, like the lower three seeds, all be under 500 in terms of records this year. There, there are only five teams in the East, and even with the Celtics
1: now, you know, really there's four teams in the East that I'm confident, 100%, would bet money on it, will have above 500 records. Well,
0: well qu- question for you, though. Do we, with the absence of Hayward now with the Celtics, is it potentially, could we have the Celtics finishing like 41-41? and 41? You know, Kyrie getting more, like, the only good thing about, the great thing about signing Hayward was that, you know, Kyrie is a little injury-prone, and, like, his workload, his his usage rate would go down a little bit with Hayward on the floor. Now that Hayward's gone, you know, Kyrie's usage rate's going to go up. And I don't know if that's good for him, honestly. Yeah, so his
1: usage rate's is going to be up. His minutes are already up. I mean, it's just, it's three games, but he's get averaging 38 minutes as opposed to... The 35 the past couple of years or 31 and uh two years ago. If if he misses any significant time, if Kyrie say goes down for a stretch where he misses 15 20 games, the salt is could be really bad at, yes. during those games. So, I mean, you're you're looking at a team where Jason Tatum's your go to scorer, Jalen Brown's you know big minutes guys uh, for a For a prolonged stretch, you know, depending on how long that is, it's not inconceivable that they end sub-500 with a Kyrie injury.
0: Right. I mean, I still think they'll make the postseason. But I think that, you know, they might not finish. They might be one of those teams that makes the playoffs with a sub-500 record.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and we are just saying this is a hypothetical scenario where Kyrie Irving gets injured. This not. is not—Celtics fans, if you guys listen to us, don't tweet at us. Just don't email us and say you guys are hating on Celtics. This is this is saying, hey, you remove the best two players from a team. You do that on any team aside from the
0: Warriors, that team's not going to be a 500 team. I think these Boston fans have common sense and understand what we're trying to say. I, w- I would think so. Um, I hope so. But, you know— um, what is it? The Wizards. I spent enough time on Twitter. Uh, I wanted to say it like back to these standings. The Wizards are in first place at three and zero. We've got the Bucks at three and one. The Nets are freaking two and one. You know, I mean, obviously this is all early on. Even the Clippers are undefeated right now with with Team Blake. You know. What do you do you think that the Wizards now with the uh, Celtics out could finish with the one seed?
1: You know, so it's interesting because I feel like we're just we both kind of are just leading towards Cleveland gets the two seed, kind of no matter what, um, which it might might be flawed thinking. I mean, I just think Cleveland's not going to try for it. I think other teams now that there's the opening not worth the try for yeah it. not worth the injury risk. Um. I uh, I think Washington will definitely try for it. I think Milwaukee is gonna try for it. You think, think they're, they're, they really, they're really they're really ready to take that step? I don't think they're ready to take that step. But I think a lot of the other teams have injury issues, which Bucks already have Jabari out. Oats, oh, um, you know, he's he's not playing in this year, or he might. I don't know. I can double check. I feel like he's not coming back till February. If he is coming back, but. He's out for most of the season, if not the whole season. I think the Bucks won it. Um, Giannis is averaging something like 38 points. It's a crazy other statistics. And if you watch him play, he's doing it all right by the basket, and he's taking contact. I watched him against the Blazers, and you know, Yusuf Nurkic is not a small dude, and and Giannis is willing to take a bang from him, willing to willing to hit, willing to have some contact. Giannis wants MVP the Bucks probably want the number one
0: seed it's incredible what this little skinny kid's doing you know um, oh, what absolutely. is it since we're talking about the Bucks um, I wanted to start a segment and maybe we can do this weekly called Middleton versus Middleton or who's having a better week Chris or Kate um, um, this week I, I, this week I gotta give it to, it to Chris Chris, I've not heard any news about Kate. Uh, well, I'm looking, I just I just Googled Chris some news about her right now. Uh for those who don't know, I'm talking about Kate Middleton. She's a Duchess of Cambridge, she's thirty five, she's five nine. I still think that she would make a great a better addition to the Milwaukee Bucks than Chris Middleton. Um but anyway, uh the the top stories for Kate is why she never wears <laughs> a red nail. Uh, varnish, um, yeah. Basically, that's really the big thing is why you'll never catch Kate wearing red nail polish. Um,
1: yeah, I I feel even more solid in my choice of Chris uh, as he hit the game winner, um, and 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 he's had some amazing defensive plays. I uh, yeah, I'm very solidly on, on Chris Middleton.
0: So Chris Middleton won the week this week in Middleton versus Middleton. So you know we're gonna. I want to keep standings here. So uh, Chris Middleton's one zero through week one.
1: Um, Actually, I believe him. I might have misspoke. Uh oh. Okay, um, <laughs> did he get the, the game winner? I know Giannis. They've had a lot of close games, but I'm still sticking with
0: Middleton. Um, for just wait, wait, wait. You have to specify points? which Middleton.
1: Chris, Chris, I am always on Chris Middleton's side. He is on my fantasy basketball team, and we got to win this week. So I'm sticking with Chris Middleton.
0: All right, that's fine. I am. Uh, I'm still gonna root for Kate, but you know, if Chris Middleton has a good season, then the Bucks can be more competitive, and you know and the Bucks. I I think maybe not this year, probably not next year, but the year after will definitely be uh one of the teams to watch and it'll be great to have Milwaukee basketball be relevant for the first time since 1971. So that'll be great. Um, I really
1: hope that they try to bring back some veterans and like get Kareem in the stands to to watch these games and you know be like the the I was I was a buck back in the day cuz just, just the, the revisionist history would be hilarious of that <laughs> if that could happen.
0: Um. So yeah. Uh, this has been the cr- a nice first week in the NBA. You know, the standings are all, treaded out. Oh, now I remember what I wanted. I wanted to uh, go over our young team watch. Uh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Our young team watch quickly. Uh You know, I've, I've highlighted... uh In fact, we've already talked about one of them, the Bucks and Giannis, who is averaging... Oh, my Lord. Giannis is averaging 36... 37 a game. 37, 11, I, and 5 right now through three. I told you. Through four games. I told you, he wants that MVP. He does, he does, you know. But, you know, I want the Knicks to win a championship. Does everybody get what they want? No, they don't. You know, it's just... It's, it's a part of life. But, yes... uh the Bucks were one of the young teams I wanted to highlight, you know, just a young team watch towards the end of every podcast where we can talk about probably the most exciting thing over these next 82 games, which would be the progress of the young players. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, we just talked about the Bucks. Let's go to the, to, uh, the Sixers. And yeah, they got yep. their first win last night over Detroit.
1: Yep, we had a couple of buddies at that game. A um, couple of Good Detroit uh, Pistons fans that uh, probably left a little heartbroken and seeing their uh, their team go down, but yeah, but they got to see no, Joel and he,
0: Embiid play, man. They got to see the process play. He needs to trademark that. He probably already has, but oh, I I definitely gotta believe that he has. but yeah,
1: they got to see him play. They got to see Ben Simmons put up up a triple double. Really impressive. Um, you know. Are you at all worried about Markel Fultz so far? Oh, I He's never liked him to begin good. with.
0: I never liked him to begin with. Good. And I good. don't know why they traded up for him. I thought that was probably the biggest mistake that they made. And I think that that, will be, that was bought upon them due to them firing Sam Hinkie. So they just made a dumb move after a dumb move. And um, Fultz, I do not believe, is going to be very good. We're going to be talking about him... In the same way we talk about Emmanuel Moutier today, in a couple of years, if not next year. Um, I just don't think that Fultz is going to be. He may. I'm willing to say that he may go down in history, unless he finds a better situation. I just don't think he fits in in Philadelphia. I don't know what they saw in him that said, oh, this is a perfect fit. I just never saw it with him. Um, I mean, I hope I'm. I sincerely hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, I think, you know, they need to, I think they, I mean, I want them, to, and eventually they probably will move on from him, as well as, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at some statistics right now, Jill Okafor hasn't played, has only played one game so far, I don't know if he's hurt or not, but, um, they need to move him as well, I think. Um, I'd love them to see the Knicks pick him up, you know, trade him for uh, Canter or something, but I always liked Okafor. I think any guy who can give you the 14 and, and 10 every night, even though his defense is not that great, is a valuable asset to a team. Um, I think he's a, a, a Greg Monroe with a better upside.
1: Yeah, you know, an off-the-bench center that you can throw the ball to for five or six possessions in a row and try to get a bucket that way hey, while well, your starters are resting. Absolutely, I, I think he's been underrated, and now, just just do the whole Sixers process and kind of falling out of favor. I, I think when
0: he gets in a good situation, he'll, definitely, situation, I, he'll he'll I, be better. I think you know, I think if, if he went to L.A., he'd be great. <laughs> you know, I think anybody who plays with Lonzo Ball will just be a better player, better human. Um, but yeah, faults I think is going to be a disappointment. Um, obviously it's really early in the season, but I just, like I said, I just don't see where he fits in here. Technically he did play point guard at the university of Washington. And if Ben Simmons is going to be the point guard, you know, and Fultz is playing off ball. I don't know as time progresses. I hope I'm wrong because I really, really badly want the Sixers to become this dynasty. I want tankies tanking to actually work out. Uh, Embiid's looking good in the games he's played so far. I like that the doctors have banned him from playing back-to-backs. I think that should be for most of the young players. I think that no rookie should have to play back-to-backs just yet. Um, You know, I think you should have at least, like, two or three years in the league before you're allowed to play back-to-back. I think that that would be great in terms of preservation and improving the product that the NBA puts out
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on the floor, Mm -hmm. at least during the regular season.
1: I mean... Absolutely. You look at a guy like LeBron, who takes off, you know, 7 to 10 to 15 games a year just with a left pinky injury or some other kind of made-up excuse where we just joke about him going back down to Miami to hang out for a week. But it's prolonging these guys' careers. I'd rather have, if these guys play, 75 if games a year even even if we're gonna keep the 82 games in regular season you know if you're only gonna play mid 70s low 70s games but I get an extra three years of your career at a high level I'll take that trade every day
0: every day definitely um let's look at another team the Brooklyn Nets and my Person to watch this year, Mister D'Angelo Russell, who's leading the team with twenty-one points per game and seven assists through three games. His PR is a his PER is a twenty-one point eight, and uh, Mister Russell is shooting fifty-one percent from the field and thirty-six percent from the three.
1: Um, can I be honest with you?
0: Yes, you can be honest with me. I I,
1: I, I have not watched any D'Angelo Russell. I have watched twenty different teams play, um, at, least, at least one to two quarters. Uh, I've watched a lot of games. I've watched three Phoenix Suns games because I'm really intrigued by their young guys. But I'm I just, just think, avoiding the Nets like a plague.
0: I don't know if you're intrigued. or more like you may need to talk to someone if you're watching that many Phoenix Suns games. You know, I'm the young
1: team that I Look, if you want to talk
0: after this about like maybe something that's bothering you that's making you watch these like Phoenix Suns games, I don't know if someone's threatening you or something like that, or maybe they're paying you. I have no idea, but that's not normal behavior for any uh, well-adjusted NBA fan, especially one one like yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I also I just can't bring myself to watch the Nets um, because I am worried about Russell. I, I see the box scores. And I'm like, man, I hope those are just empty numbers because
0: we gave up so Well, they can't be because they're two and one. So they can't be just empty numbers. I think, I don't know, I just like, I think low-key, I think he might be an all-star depending on where the Nets are come the break. Um, I think he's finally in the right situation where the team is going to be built around him. I think he could be a featured, you know, you get one other player with him. He could be future. Now with Linz Hurt, like, I mean, this is Russell's team. And you I know, think Brooklyn Brooklyn fits him very about- well. I think just as a, like, as a neighborhood and just, like, the culture and, like, just, I don't know. I'm in love with the fact that the Nets traded for him. So... Yeah. You, do you remember last
1: season how the Lakers were 10-10 and 10 in the first 20 games? And then teetered off to having a terrible record? I think Brooklyn could could be the same situation. They're 2-1 against the Pacers, the Magic, and the Hawks. Their mm. next uh, six games, or really, their next seven games, include two games against Phoenix, one game against the Lakers, a game against the Knicks, and another game against the Magic. You know, they could could get off to a nice early start. Where everyone starts talking, oh my gosh, look at the Nets, look at the Nets, and there's a lot of talk already about being, are we sure the Nets are that bad, or the Nets are a lottery team? I'm still a hundred percent sure, or I just think you know, you got a couple easy matchups.
0: Talk to me, talk to me in December, see where they're at. Okay, but I, you know, I'll probably just be talking about Daniel Russell's number, numbers, really. Uh, but I'm just, I think that he can average over 20 a game. And if his assist total stays around seven, that would be what we probably expected to see hit uh, when he was drafted by the Lakers. But I don't ever think they ever really wanted to feature him as the guy. I don't think there was any concerted mm-hmm. effort. Concerted effort. Also, albeit Lakers' manager was terrible when he arrived there. So. You know, I don't know if the full blame gets to go on him. I think he, I mean, after, of course, the Swaggy P thing, but just, like, from the moment he arrived, just the Lakers didn't know what they really were doing. And so I think in a situation where, like, I mean, not to say the Nets really know what they're doing, but, Mm -hmm. like I said, to be a featured player, I think that Russell could really do it, do well. Um, Yeah. But I would like to move on. Uh, we've got two more teams to talk about. Uh, I figured, well, we'll go to my Knicks, and we'll end with your Lakers. Um, okay. So, young, young player watch, young team watch, New York Knicks. Uh, Mr. Kristaps Porzingis, they've only played two games so far. Porzingis is averaging 32 points a game, and he's got a 28.2 AP, uh, PER. With, uh, he's averaging 8.5 rebounds. Uh, just looking quickly across the Knicks team leaders, just for uh, comic relief here, uh, Porzingis lives in po- leads in points and rebounds, and then in assists and steals. Ron Baker, the man from Wichita State, Ron Baker, leads with 4.5 assists and 1.5 steals, and, and blocks. Is a. I'm looking at ESPN.com right now. Uh, Doug McDermott leads with one, leads with 1.0, and there's a very, very unflattering picture, and he's still in his OKC. Uh, uniform, oh but, my gosh. Uh, very very unflattering picture you, you of Doug McDermott on ESPN. You know
1: if Doug McDermott's leading your team. If you know, know if Doug McDermott's leading your team, he's yeah, leading your team in, in any sort of defensive category. Your your team is bad at defense if he can what? lead it in any sort of defensive category. Yes, we're I, not I, even I, like getting into.
0: And Nathan, remember, I said we played two games. I didn't say we won two games. <laughs> but, I said we played yeah. two games. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, uh, I also want to do a quick check on our, our seventy-four million dollar Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's shooting twenty-seven you know, you working out. Twenty, he's shooting twenty-seven percent from the field and twenty really? and twenty-nine percent
1: from three. Um, you know, when they signed that, I thought that was such a good deal, such a good deal.
0: You know, didn't we, you know, just <laughs> Dolan loves to just give away his money to people, you know, who who have, he is a charitable man. Who have NBA pedigree, you know, that he gave sixty million to Phil Jackson. You know he he's giving you know Tim Hardaway's son. son he's like you know what, you, you you don't have any money. Just just t- just take my money. I I, I I don't care. You know, but uh, yeah. Um, such a charitable man. Such a charitable man. Um, but yeah, with uh, Sessions and McDermott and Baker and Courtney Lee, I mean I really hope that God and uh, Nidalekina has played a total of uh, I believe eight minutes. And he that's... has an assist. And that's a, and one turnover. That's about it. That's all it says on his stat sheet right now. Um But hopefully maybe they'll make a play for So I say they should I definitely think they should move the guard. Uh and if we want to move Willie, do it. You know, I think Cantor can play ball. Um I think Cantor can give us double doubles and Cantor's fairly young. Um, I liked him in college and I believe it, Bloodso would mm-hmm. propel the Knicks maybe give us four extra wins and take some of the workload off of Porzingis even though he could still be the guy but having Bloodso I think it'll make Hardaway play better as well Yeah, um, I think overall the team would just be
1: had, better had and I think Bloodso guard would, would and Bloodso
0: on a young team would flourish in New York that's just my yeah. personal opinion um, Absolutely. So I think that would be the right situation from much very similar to D'Angelo Russell. And uh, finally, I want to end looking at your Lakers and my well, Lonzo real, Ball. Real quick, real quick, before we move off of your Knicks, uh, I
1: did watch that knicks Nicks okc game, and I, I was surprised at how much they were going to, into Adams in the post. I mean, I understand that's the theory. You go to Adams in the post, you go... Inside, outside, with him and Porzingis, but um, yeah, actually, actually watching that game, the flow did not look good. They really, really need Bledsoe. We're everyone knows it. Hopefully, they can get him. Definitely, I think like I said, it's work.
0: a match made in heaven. I mean, like Hornacek already had yeah. him. He knows him. He's familiar with him. If the Nixon somehow, you know, not give up a pick, which I don't think we should do for Bledsoe. Um but. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, are you ready for the Lakers? Are you ready to talk about your your Lakers show? Uh, Yeah, and having
1: watched all all three games so far, um, Jordan Clarkson's still the best player on the team, probably with with, uh, Lopez as the second best.
0: Um, I think you're wrong, wrong, and wrong. Lonzo Ball is the first best, the second best, and the third best player ever. But
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not even gonna put Kuzma up there as third?
0: <sighs> it's just the goal show, man. Any, any kid, any kid who's who's just doing 13, 9, and nine. Like, <sighs> I'm sorry, man. I would just, I want, I want to play with him. I just want to like. He just it's fun. But that's just me. Yeah, you know I. I enjoy
1: the spirit he's brought to the team. Um, I think they do need a little bit more energy. I like I like it when they're playing aggressive. When those guys are are trying, even if they're failing, I like seeing them attack. I like seeing Larry Nance Jr. try to put back dunks that... You, you look at it, and you're like, okay, you should have caught that, landed, done a move, kicked it out. Instead, so he's like, no, no, I'm just going to try to dunk it. You're like, okay, you, you do that. But w- when they're aggressive, they show a lot of potential. They show a lot of flashes. I'm hoping that they can uh, keep it up, you know. And I'm not expecting thirty wins from them this season. I think the 24-25 range is probably about the best way I can really hope for. But
0: they they have potential. They've got flashes. I agree, and you know we're gonna every the whole world's gonna be watching thanks to Le- Levar Ball and uh, it's really funny oh, yeah. that Coldwell Pope is leading the leading the team in scoring but then Lon, well it's actually if you look at the team leaders Pope leads in points steals and blocks and ball leads in rebounds and assists um so and, it's the and, and it's the Pope KCP it's, the Pope, always, it's the Pope it's the Pope ball
1: <laughs> and, and KCP missed the first two games due to his suspension
0: and um that's true that's, that's true r- So he's only playing one game i did i just i'm just seeing that now yep
1: yeah. So, you know, hopefully he, uh hopefully he's able to click with the guys a little bit more because with with him out of line if we started three different players versus in those first three games, him, Corey Brewer, and Luol Dang, and Brewer brought, brought a lot of energy, you know, for being the old man on the team, he looked the youngest, spryest out there. But Luol mm-hmm. Dang is just bad. I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened because him in Chicago was so great. And then he went to Atlanta and things went downhill quickly. And now seeing him on my Lakers watching him every game, uh, we should move off him. I don't know how we trade him. <laughs> uh, I don't want to package young players to get rid of him like we did with
0: Mozgov. But uh, we we may have to look at that scenario at some point. Send to the Cavs. They seem to be interested in old players. You know, it seems to be the new retirement home of the National Basketball Association. So, uh.
1: you know, I say we almost get them to uh, San Antonio. They they picked up Rudy Gay, coming off an ACL, magically quicker than players usually should uh, should bounce back from that injury. Looking decent. I mean, Pop likes these character guys that mm-hmm. uh, that he can rehabilitate. I, oh, let's let's go there.
0: Maybe. Well, anyway, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is our second ever podcast. We'll have another one for you guys next week for sure. Um, what's, what's the email, Nate? The email is hoopstemple at gmail.com.
1: Hit us up there. Uh, ask us any questions you guys is have. We want this to be an interactive experience. Um, we're a bunch of fans. We love the NBA. We're hoping that
0: you guys love the NBA too. If you've got questions, let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. Let's get involved. Definitely. And uh, be sure to check out the articles on HoopsTemple.com. Um, and I am Richard Blue. He is Nathan Schwartz. This is the Hoops Temple Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And have a great day or evening or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this already. See ya. See ya.